Welcome to Three Questions With, a podcast by the Latino News Network. LNN is dedicated to best serving Hispanic Latinos with local multimedia news and information websites in New England and the Midwest, a statewide community-focused initiative. Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on topics like civic engagement, education, employment, healthcare, communication, and social responsibility, among others. I'm Hugo Balta, owner and publisher of LNN and your host. Hispanic Latinos are the second largest and fastest growing racial and ethnic population in Wisconsin. 7%, just under 19,000 of them, call Madison home. One of them is Nuri Castillo Crawford, who recently was named Executive Director of Alternative Schools and Innovation for the Madison Metropolitan School District. Before Ms. Castillo Crawford joined MMSD, she worked at the Gwinnett County Public Schools in Suwannee, Georgia, and as a classroom teacher in Florida. A native of Peru, she learned firsthand what it's like to be a child who immigrated to the U.S. and witnessed her parents navigate the public school system and learn English. All of these experiences helped to inform her advocacy, championing students to write their own narrative. Nuri Castillo Crawford, welcome to the program. Thank you, Hugo. I am definitely very excited to be here. And um, you're right, I'm new to the area. And so I'm experiencing winter like never before. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, necesitas tu, tu abrigo para yes. poder este, sostenerte durante este invierno. Yes, un chocolate caliente. Sí, 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 qué rico. Nuri, you're the recipient of the 2022 National Latino Leaders Award from the National Diversity Council and the 2022 Tumi Award, which recognizes Peruvian immigrants for a, a spirit of solidarity, dedication to work, professionalism, and service to the community. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I definitely am humbled to be able to be recognized by, you know, not only our community, but others um, that uh, see uh, the work and effort uh, that myself and, of course, people that I work with that support the initiatives and the mission um, that I have to elevate and empower our community uh, put forth. So it's always great to be recognized but it's never um, as important as the work that we have to do. So let's continue there with your Peruvian roots. How has being an immigrant going through the education system, the public education system, shaped who you are and the work that you do today? Yeah, so the, the first thing that comes to my mind immediately is that it took me uh, a minute to realize that I was more than just my lack of language acquisition and that my, my lack of proficiency in the English language does not determine my intelligence level or my potential. Um, and it is something that I definitely hold dear to who I am because 
I think it took me way too long to acknowledge that and realize that and learn it. And so for me, I'm on a quest to empower my community and helping each of us see the, the strengths that we do have, you know, and acknowledging that nobody is perfect. Nobody knows everything. And so there's no reason for us to just focus on the the can'ts or the, the things that we are not proficient in or excelling in, but work on those, right? Work on, we're work in progress like everybody else. Everybody's growing, um, but focus on the beautiful things and all of the assets that we do bring to the table. You know, bilingual geniuses in the making, uh, definitely bicultural um, and being able to to be able to live in two different worlds, whether it's through our music, our foods, our faith, our traditions, etc. So helping change the narrative from deficit to positive. And bilingual um, education, English uh, language learners is a topic that I'll, I'll, I'll return back to a little later in the program. In full disclosure, I am the proud son of Peruvian immigrants. I, uh, too, consider myself Peruvian. I am very much that 200% that are 100% American, born in the United States, and 100% where I trace my roots. And in my case, um, it is the beautiful country uh, of Peru, of which I, I, I'm very uh, grateful to have been able to live there uh, for a couple of years when when I was uh, a small boy, and it's certainly uh, and as a human being. So so we'll we'll definitely get back to bilingual education and, and being bilingual bicultural in the U.S. in a moment. I want to talk about you joining MS MMSD in September as executive director of Alternative Schools and Innovation. It is said that you will, among other things, incorporate data-driven decision-making and transparency to build relationships and strengthen programs. Tell us more about this approach. Yeah, so one of the reasons that I love about research and data uh, is that I don't have to like people don't have to listen to what Nuri says or what Nuri likes or what Nuri is inclined to believe based on Nuri's experiences. It is because of data. Data tells us that we have not as a whole country done what's best for children, um, whether immigrants or children of immigrants in this country. And we can go based, if people research themselves, can go back and look at a 10-year trend of graduation in general on average for the United States for Latino youth. Um, and so for me, it's being able to not only desegregate the data and help build a story around the data to help not only empower the community that it's telling us about or reflecting, but also help others, other leaders in education, other leaders in general, um, understand and see, you know, the success of Latinos is the success of the United States of America. Um, and so being able to help others see that, that the investment um, that we make in our children will be an investment in the future of this country is very important. Um, and of course, you know, at the end of the day, I do it because I want to see my community 
have better, do better, be better. And as a country, you know, other leaders might might be inclined to see the data, um, not what Nuri says, but what the data tells us, because their interest perhaps might be in economics, might be in um, in other areas, right? Business, uh, ventures, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, that's the important part. And I am, I think when we're talking about transparency, I am a very direct person, always professional, but I am direct. And I feel like, you know, we don't need to go around the block 10 times for me to just tell you what it is. I I want to just get to it so that we can pick ourselves back up um, because sometimes growth hurts and sometimes, you know, having to hear or learn about something that perhaps we're not doing the best at might not always be the easiest thing to kind of like own, but, but I feel like once we have it out and once we discuss it professionally and intelligently, then we can plan out strategically what the next steps will be. Um, and I feel like that is like the best way to do, um, to, to lead is being transparent uh, but, you know, but at the same time, again, being motivational and trying to inspire people to so that we can do the right thing for the children. So that's kind of what that means to me. And and, and in the space, um, I've always felt like we need to instill in children. I really think everyone, but I'll stick with children, um, need to instill in children that life is full of growth. So that means we are going to fall down a lot. We're going to have make mistakes, have our feelings hurt, et cetera, et cetera. And it's what we do after that that makes us who we are, you know, and nobody, including and mostly children, need to feel like they have to wear their worst mistake as a as a name label on their chest. Uh, we need to help find resources and strategies and support systems so that our children and have hope and see a better future and know that we genuinely will will be there to support them and that it that that is our job is to support them um so for me that's what um that's what I bring to the table this is what I'm I've been working on my entire career is education I, and like you shared in the beginning I started as a teacher right out of college and I went through all of the steps you know I went from a teacher I've been a parent coordinator for the federal programs at the school system. I've been a, um, a principal, a leadership system principal. And then I was a director at the district level uh, when I was in Georgia. And now I'm an executive director. So I've been through the journey of professional roles in the system. So I can relate um, to various phases and various responsibilities um, so I feel like that's important too. You know, it's not like someone just, you know, gets their degree and then all of a sudden they're leading. Um, I've been through all of those roles and I feel like those experiences have helped me have a better view of what is needed um, and how we can support people in those roles uh, to do what's best for children. You're listening to Three Questions with Nuri Castillo-Crawford, Executive Director of Alternative Schools and Innovation for the Madison Metropolitan School District.
Three Questions With is a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community. We are speaking with Nuri Castillo Crawford, Executive Director of Alternative Schools and Innovation for the Madison Metropolitan School District. Nuri, Spanish is the second most spoken language in Wisconsin homes. Share with us your thoughts on the needs of English language learners and dual language immersion in classrooms. Yeah, so in the beginning I was talking about how um, we need to, you know, think about the things that we bring to the table as assets, which is being bilingual and biliter and bicultural. But if you get to know me more, you will see that I am a huge champion for literacy. And that includes a huge focus on biliteracy. Um, literacy is such a huge variable in determining someone's success in this country. And I would dare say that it's probably a an important you know, variable in any country, but 57% of adults between the ages of 17 and 74 cannot read past grade six in this country. And so if you think about the numbers um, that reflect the Latino community, they are lower, um, but there are different, you know, reasons and justifications for it, you know. Um, so, Instead of thinking about, you know, why we can, I think about how do we help elevate being bilingual, biliterate, and bicultural. Um, and so increase in numbers of books that represent our culture. And in Latino culture, as you know, is much more complex than being being a, of a race, you know. Many of us are part of various, you know, various races, and, and many of us. Um, could definitely say, okay, well, you know, I'm mostly indigenous or I'm white or, or I'm African of African descent, et cetera, or even Asian, you know? So, um, so for me, it's, you know, being bicultural has a lot more to do with understanding our own culture um, and understanding that even though we are Latino um, or Hispanic, um, we still, there are still nuances that are very aligned to the nationality, the country of origin from our, either ourselves or our families or parents. Um, and it's just so important for me, for all of us to understand, you know, and, and try to learn about how there's been so much research in this country um, that shares how someone's IQ level literally increases when you're bilingual. Um, and people have noted in educational articles and in, in, in written papers that when you become bilingual, um, you, by learning the language, you become more open to being a bicultural person. And when you are a bicultural person, you become more empathetic with the world. So there are so many great attributes that come from being bilingual and biliterate and bicultural. And I just feel like we don't do a good enough job at championing that, at making sure that everyone understands that. And that's why I call our, our children that are learning English um, 
you know, bilingual geniuses in the making, uh, because I really believe I, well, I believe it and I know it, right. I didn't make up that data. I didn't do that research, but I know that that is true. And so, um, it is so important for all of us, you know, now, amidst all of our imperfections to understand and own that because of who we are, we we have superpowers. I call it a superpower being bilingual. Um, and and I feel like we need to own that, right? In life, self-esteem is more than half the battle. So instead of seeing things as a deficit that, oh, you know, I don't speak it's, yeah, even English, my parents don't speak English that well. So maybe, you know, because society thing seems to think that they're not smart because they don't speak a language, then somehow I'm believing it too. We need to, we need to make sure to own that and, and understand that that is like the wrong message. That that is very, you know, it's just wrong. It's just not right. It's not true. It's not, not factual. Uh, English is just a language it's a beautiful language. I speak it, but it's just a language. And it, just because I don't speak French or Vietnamese doesn't make me any less smarter or smarter. Um, so for me, it's that. It's helping share th that stance and making sure that we are the owners of our own stories. We don't allow other people to tell us where we're failing in terms of culture or language. We need to own that if you don't, you know, if you have someone in your family that's not proficient in English, then you know what? They're, they're multilingual geniuses in the making. Once they get it, they'll be fine. Um, so that's how I feel about it. That's I feel like it's very important that we continue to speak to our kids uh, in Spanish and read to them and, and making sure that they too become biliterate. Um, that, that's going to be an asset for them as well. Certainly in, in a country where Spanish is overwhelmingly the second most popular language spoken, and in my opinion, um, a Latino country, I think uh, the, U the U.S. is uh, the second, is a country with the most Spanish-speaking people of the nearly 26 Spanish-speaking countries. Yes. Um, second only to Mexico. So, yeah, I was going to say only to Mexico. Mm -hmm. To your point, hablar el español en Estados Unidos no es un lujo, pero una necesidad um, in all facets, right? It's, it's a necessity to be bilingual, to speak Spanish, not only uh, whether it's in education, whether it's in other industries like mine, in communications and banking and so on and so forth. Um, so absolutely um, an asset uh, moving forward. With that said, and and as you mentioned, there are studies about the, the value, not just for Latinos, but just for, for, for young people, for all of us in general, um, yeah. but speaking about students to have a bilingual education and, and what the, that does to, to learning overall. Do where 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 are we? I mean, uh, uh, what what is uh, what are some things you could point to that are working in regards to providing students the necessary means to be successful from a bilingual perspective, and and where is there room for for growth? Yeah, so I feel like 
I'll speak for Madison Metropolitan School District in terms of I genuinely see the, the efforts um, and the goal setting in ensuring that not only do we have um, bilingual educators in front of our students, but that the representation and the authenticity of the, of the teacher is also present. Um, Madison Metropolitan School District is on a quest to be a model school district in terms of, you know, not only academics and instructional practices, but also in equity and being able to serve our students um, with teachers and leaders that look like them so that they too can see themselves in the people that are there to guide them and teach them and lead them. Um, and I will say that that work carries on instructionally in ensuring that we are very cognizant of the materials that we put in front of our children. Um, so it's a work in progress um, at the school district that I was uh, in prior to this. Um, that work was also starting. It's in Georgia. It was starting, um, uh, you know, it takes time. I think one of the biggest challenges we have, and I would say that this would probably be similar with any initiative, but it takes time for the masses to see being bilingual as an asset. So people in the educational realm are, are, are definitely slowly, I wanna say slowly, cause I think that's the truth, slowly but surely seeing that. I see definite pockets of, of leaders in education and teachers um, acknowledging that the students have the capacity of being multilingual geniuses in the making. Uh, but I'm also, you know, nationally, I'm connected to different groups of educators and sometimes, not often, thank goodness, knock on wood, but I come across comments sometimes that are are horrifying and, and and immediately I think like wow you're in front of children and you make this comment um you know I gently or maybe not so gently correct people but um so we, we are a work in progress but you know, I feel like that would definitely be the case with any with any change, you know, people usually are not apt and gung-ho about change unless it's their idea. And changing the mindset of an entire country to see us, um, you know, less as invaders, less as illegal, less as all of those negative connotations that, you know, some people, some people with power have described us as it's not it's not as easy as as having common sense in my opinion my personal opinion um, so it's up to us right we can't leave it up to other people to tell our stories we can't leave it up to other people to use their voice to advocate for what's right for our children for ourselves and and, and ensure that people respect us. Um, so we can't leave that up to other people. We have to do it ourselves. We have to, you know, find strength within ourselves to to be outspoken about it. And I, I don't ever advocate for people to 
to be disrespectful in any way, shape or form. So it's never, you know, that's never the the end game or, or the conclusion. For me, it's not what you say, but how you say it. So from, yeah, so I am constantly advocating for our community, ensuring that, you know, just like everyone else, we need to feel seen, heard, and respected. And um, and that would go, you know, twice as much for our children. Our our students need to know that they are valued and that we we see their individual values um and we respect them. And and um and we build community through mutual respect and help others um that perhaps are not bilingual or bicultural or, or biliterate, helping them see. And, and teach them to see the strengths in, in someone that is. But I really do believe that the work has to be all of us in every area of life, you know, in journalism like yourself, me in education, et cetera, and every other profession and helping our kids feel empowered that they too can stand up for themselves. And if somebody, you know, somehow erroneously tries to categorize them as less, that they too can and, you know, help educate and, and or let one of us adults know so that we can advocate for them, too. Nuri Castillo-Crawford, thank you so much for your time and for your insights. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Three Questions with Nuri Castillo-Crawford, Executive Director of Alternative Schools and Innovation for the Madison Metropolitan School District. Three Questions With is produced by the Latino News Network. LNN oversees six independent local news and information websites with a statewide coverage, Hispanic Latino editorial focus in New England and the Midwest. I'm Hugo Valta, owner and publisher of the Latino News Network. Thank you all for listening. A very happy, a very healthy holiday season to you all. Thank you.